TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Dr. Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by Amy Clark. Amy has been on this show numerous times before. Those of you who listen in will recognize her as part of the dynamic duo that is Primal Influence. Um, we've got Amy on without her, her alter ego, Clint, today. Uh, welcome to the show, Amy. Hi, Brett. Great to have you on board. It's been a little while since we've had you on the show, so better start by filling us in by what's happening in Primal Influence Land, what's happening up there on the, the beautiful Sunshine Coast. What's well, going on with no, you guys? Well, there's no sun today, but it no is sun. still beautiful up here. Um, <laughs> just busy with lots of events at the moment, doing lots of paleo lifestyle events on the coast and um, doing some cooking workshops with people, trying to get people eating healthier at home and Clint's still taking classes and we're still playing outside in the trees and yeah, having a good time. Well, you guys do do great events up there. I'm constantly looking at you know your social media and seeing the sort of things that you get up to. I mean, you guys really get out and about and get out into nature and get out and see you know the farms and the producers and, and all those different things. So tell us a little bit about some of these events that you do and you know who you go and see and why you like doing that. Sure. Well, we with the business Primal Influence, we host a lot of events around the paleo lifestyle, so cooking classes, private coaching with cooking, um, outdoor natural movement classes for kids and adults, uh, and the coaching, or I guess personal training is the technical name, but we sort of like to steer away from that, that stereotypical idea of what fitness is um, and call it health and fitness coaching Uh, and then on the other side of the things we do our meetup group so we have the Sunshine Coast Paleo Lifestyle Meetup Group which is where we hold meetups all over the place uh, for families where we have picnics and and bring along paleo food to share around and and one of the main aspects of that is the farm tours because we're really passionate about getting uh, the quality producers connected with the consumers on the, in the region and we're so lucky we have some fantastic farms producing fantastic food uh, so to get people connected with that is, is really important to us so we've made friends with a lot of wonderful farmers uh, and sometimes we get private tours so we can have a look around and, and see what's how we're going to put together a meetup um, and then we hold farm tours where the farmers take us around and show us the practices that they have on the farm and we have a picnic and they usually provide some meat or other produce for us to use and it's a great way to get people outside and seeing something new and the kids love to see the animals and yeah it's something that we love doing so we're always planning new meetups um, and repeat meetups because if somebody missed one one farm tour they want to get there eventually so yeah it's that's, fantastic that's awesome and it is so good to create that connection with with the community and with the land and with the farmers and and sort yeah. of have that whole you know paddock to plate approach you know to really understand it from go to woe and it's really exciting to hear that there's kids coming along so do you get many kids along to these sort of events we do we had a, a, a farm tour meetup just a few weeks ago at a huge 600 acre property at the back of Mullaney in the hinterland on a grass-fed beef farm and it was instead of it being more sciencey around the um the grass-fed 
um, what goes into the grass and that sort of thing. It was more of a fun day out, this one. So we all piled in the back of utes and got driven around the farm and the kids just had an absolute ball. I had one little girl sitting in my lap holding my hand as we are driving around the farm and pointing out the cattle and pointing out different animals that we were seeing and, and the kids just loved it. It was just so much fun and, and they ran around on the grass and just got a lot of sunshine and fresh air and all the parents said that they all fell asleep in the car on the way home, so that was good. <laughs> that's that's always nice for a parent, wear the yeah. kids out, you know. Yeah, cruising trip home. Nature. Love yep. that, a bit of sleep and a bit of rest afterwards. Yeah. Um, so, Amy, what really got me to uh, think that we should have a chat again? Because it, it, well, partly because it's just been a little while, and I love having a chat, and it's always great to catch up and hear what you guys are up to and what you're doing. But also, uh, I had a chat to you recently about some gelatin recipes. Um, I was heading camping with the kids and uh, and of course you know you, you start thinking about going camping and you think well you know sometimes you feel like there's stuff you miss out on when you're doing mm-hmm. paleo you know there's no two ways about it there's there's yeah. just memories you have from when you're a little kid of things you used to do that you just loved doing and were always fun and you know one of those certainly for me I always loved camping I particularly always loved a campfire you know I, I love building fire I love playing with fire I love being around fire I'm a bit obsessed don't take that the wrong way no no I'm I'm the same you know Uh, but you know and obviously one thing that just sort of goes hand in hand with that when you're a kid and when you're camping is marshmallows and so I thought I'm going to have to do something about this I thought I'm going to have to reach out and and contact some of my friends you know I I contacted Joe Witten I contacted Leah Follett and I contacted you guys I thought between the three of you one of you is going to have a marshmallow recipe for me you know one of the benefits of doing these podcasts is having these amazing contacts that I can just sort of reach out to and lean on and um, and so uh, you know you came through with the goods for me Amy in fact not only did you come through for me with a recipe for marshmallows you came through with a whole ebook full of recipes of all sorts of different things I could do with gelatin so I thought it'd be great to get on you get you on the show Talk a little bit about marshmallows. Talk a little bit about campfires. Talk a little bit about gelatin. So, um, what was the? Let's start. Let's start right from the start. What was the uh, inspiration behind wanting to do the gelatin book? Uh, I'd been using gelatin for I think a couple of years. By the time I decided to do an ebook, uh, I I got onto gelatin sort of incidentally through the paleo lifestyle I guess when you get go paleo you kind of start to hear about bone broth and gelatin pretty easily through social media and and it was also actually part of my eating plan that a natural practitioner had given me because I have got a lot of health issues a lot of chronic health issues that I'm trying to heal and it was on my eating plan to have gelatin and fruit as part of my breakfast and then gelatin and orange juice at night time and I thought how on earth do I have gelatin and fruit I think I'd only ever made gelatin lollies with fruit juice at that time which was everyone's first attempt using gelatin powder really and I decided to mix the two together and ended up making fruit jelly as part of my breakfast with um, grass-fed mints and other bits and pieces and it was just delicious I loved having breakfast every morning it was so good and other people would try my jelly because it was it sounded weird banana jelly what was what that going to taste like and everyone loves my my banana jelly and after I'd been playing around with gelatin with other ways I thought it's time to put it all into an ebook because I'd figured out oh, there's only really a few main techniques to using gelatin and once you know all those you can read any recipe you can understand any recipe once you just have the few basic mm. techniques down and 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 then nobody should really ever need to try and understand a recipe again once they've once they've understood those techniques. So 
yeah, that's where that all started. And I have gelatin every day. I had my banana jelly for breakfast, and it was delicious. <laughs> yeah, and so gelatin's obviously got lots of real health benefits, isn't mm. it? I mean, particularly in terms of bone and joint health is what we hear about a lot in terms of gelatin. But yes. can you can you talk about that a little bit further? You know, what what is why should everyone be including some gelatin in their regular diet? Well, one of my favorite uh, things to tell people about with the benefits of gelatin is, you know, we're, we're eating meat these days mostly from packets. So we're eating the muscle meat and that's fine and, and there's a lot of health benefits to that, even the, the grass-fed and the organic. But what we're missing out on mostly is the joints and the cartilage. So these days we're not really gnawing off the bones and getting all that cartilage, which is the same sort of cartilage that our bones and our joints need. So... We're missing out and um, one of the most interesting things I find is that by doing that long term, um, it's said that our homocysteine levels in our blood increase and then we're more likely to get some of the major diseases like heart disease and diabetes and things like that. So long term effects of not having gelatin in our diet is quite amazing. Uh, So by having it, if we're not going to sort of switch back to the way it should be and, and start gnawing on bones and, and really getting the most out of the animal, then we need to be replacing that some other way. And now that we can have access to powdered gelatin, then we've got that option every day if we need it. So unlike Clint, who will eat every skerrick of every bone on the plate and the person's next to him, <laughs> if everyone's not doing that at every meal, then they're missing out on gelatin. So that's just one of the main the main aspects I like to teach people about because I find that really fascinating. Now, I've just had someone start up with a, <laughs> with a tree trimmer right next to my window, oh, so no, hopefully that's not coming through too loud for you guys. I can't uh, hear it. Excellent. Perfect. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and obviously gelatin is really important because it, it does have lots of amino acids there that are really important for you. You know, really important in terms of your gut health and gut healing. Um, yes. can be a really important part of that, creating a really healthy environment for that healthy microbiome as well, can't it? Yes, definitely. And it improves our skin. Our skin has collagen in it naturally. So to be getting collagen in the form of natural gelatin, which is what humans would naturally be having from animal products, is important. Our hair needs it. Our nails need it. Our gut lining needs it. Um, it's just it's just a, a, a really important element in our diet that so many people are missing out on these days so yeah to have the powdered form is really important Um, and if you're not having bone broth all the time which naturally contains gelatin then you need it from somewhere so it's good to have that option now so let's talk a little bit about the difference between i guess like jelly powder versus Mm -hmm. gelatin i might just buy off the shelf at the supermarket versus like a good quality grass-fed gelatin you know how much difference is there and, and how significant is that I think there's a, a quite a significant difference because, I mean, we've all seen the little tubs of gelatin powder on the supermarket shelf and they've been around forever. But if you turn turn to the back and look at the ingredients, uh, there's a chemical added to preserve it on the shelf. So the chemicals added are the sulfites, which is what's on the really nasty dried fruit, um, white vinegar, what green prawns are generally dipped in to preserve them. It's just a nasty chemical that nobody needs. So... Yes, you're having some gelatin, which might do some benefit for you, but you're adding in a chemical uh, that your body really doesn't need. So I like to steer people away from the supermarket option and try and steer them in the direction of of the grass-fed pure gelatin powders, which have nothing else in them. So grass-fed is important as well because it means the cattle were eating what they're meant to be eating on the farm and they were raised well. 
and that that's going to come down into us when we're eating the gelatin. So you've got a few options to think about there is the chemicals added and where the animals came from and what they eat. Um, and that's, that's pretty much the main aspect. Uh, I don't really worry too much if it's organic. Uh, I find that the grass-fed brands are grass-fed most of the way and might have had a little bit of grain fed to them at the end of their life. But from talking to farmers that raise grass-fed cattle, I know that um, because it's the hides being used for the gelatin powder and not other parts of the animal, by the time any grain has reached any part of that, the, the animal, we're not getting that. So it's it's quite safe to go the, the grass-fed but not 100% grass-finished. Uh, but then if people need to really be avoiding chemicals in their lives, I would I would suggest the organic grass-fed gelatin powders. So, yeah. And so are you, so the gelatin is made from the hide as yeah. opposed to the hooves, or which, which is yeah. what everyone tends to think of, isn't it? Which, yes, they do, and I did as well. But and, and at every single gelatin workshop that I do, I get the question, but Amy, isn't it bad because isn't it made from the hooves of animals? And I say, well, no, it's not from that part but even if it was it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. all parts of animals are good um, and that's part of the problem these days with not understanding nose to tail and the benefits of all parts of animals is um, is that people have this misconception that if it's containing hooves it must be bad but I put <clears throat> pig's trotters in my bone broth it's all good it's all good but the gelatin powder I get is from the hide I think that's the easiest part for them to process for the purpose of making gelatin powder. And you know, I notice in your ebook uh, you have some photos there of the Great Lakes gelatin, which is yeah. which is a great one. That's one that I often use, and uh, and it's a very popular one. Seems like the paleo community really all tend mm-hmm. to gravitate towards that one, and it can be hard to find and to stock to, to get. Sometimes we just did a big yeah. order for my practice. We've got some in stock in the practice, but one thing I've actually been confused on, and and I reckon heaps of people are probably confused on, is what is the difference between the orange packet and the <laughs> green packet? So uh, yeah, Great Lakes was probably the the main brand around for a long time because it was I think the only brand around for a long time it's the one I started on and now I use an Australian company uh, there's a couple of Australian companies now coming out which is fantastic because it's expensive to order it in with the way the dollar is at the moment mm. for the Great Lakes um, so it's handy to have some Australian companies on board um, and they're all doing the two types of gelatin so the orange tub is made from cattle and it's the gelatin that actually gels and become, becomes jelly, so making jellies, basically. Mm-hmm. And then the green tub of the Great Lakes is what's called hydrolysate. And the process of hydrolysizing, or however you pronounce that, is a slightly extra process involved to extract more collagen out. And the collagen powder then doesn't actually gel. It just dissolves into cold liquid, whereas the gelling powder, if you pop some of that into a cold drink of water it will just clump up and be ruined and you'll waste it. And I don't want you to waste it because it's so good. Um, Mm -hmm. Whereas the green tub, you pour that into some water, it dissolves within seconds and you can't even see it there, but it's more collagen. So the payoff for the two is one gels, one doesn't, but the one that doesn't has slightly more benefit in the way that it's more collagen. So I always have both in the pantry because I need that collagen hit 
and I like to be able to put it in my cold drinks like orange juice at night time and then the other one I like to make all my, my foods out of, so jellies, lollies, panna cottas, marshmallows, that sort of thing. <laughs> all yeah. right, so yeah, so I guess one you might use, yeah, to make your jellies, the other one might be more for, yeah, your drinks, your smoothies, that kind of yeah. stuff. You can and more into. for somebody that really needs a lot of healing with collagen. If they, if somebody has been suggested by their practitioner to really up their collagen intake, I would, I guess the advice is probably to go more towards the hydrolysate so they're getting that massive boost of collagen in. And I find when I have that every day, uh, my hair grows faster, my nails actually start to grow and they have never grown mm. in my life. And, my yeah, so my hair grows really long and I have to see the hairdresser more often um, and my skin is better. So the, the collagen has a noticeable difference with a lot of people actually. Yeah, nice. So let's start talking about some of the things we can do with collagen. Mm. You know, one of the most common ones and one of the ones you people see around all the time and it's great for kids is the gelatin lollies or the gelatin yep. gummies, sometimes gummies, people yep. will call them. So talk us through that. How do we, I mean, it's it's such a simple process. Um, mm. How do you go about making those? What's your recipe? What's your, what's your so secret simple. for that? Oh, there's no secret, but it's funny how many people buy gelatin and pop it in the cupboard because they've read that it's so good for you but they're so afraid to start using it because they're not used to using it. So it sits in the cupboard and doesn't get used until either they're shown or they read a really simple recipe. So it's so, so easy. All you really need is gelatin, some sort of liquid like water or juice. Um, That's really it. And you need a stovetop. And you basically just sprinkle uh, some gelatin over some cold liquid. And without the heat being turned on on the stove, uh, you watch the gelatin start to absorb the liquid and soften, and that's called blooming. I love that word. It's just I always say gelatin is so <laughs> blooming good because <laughs> it's such a great word, but it's a strange thing that happens. But it takes some of that dissolving time out later on when you're heating it through. So if you're making the gummies, which take a fair bit of gelatin powder to make them firm enough to become like a, a candy, you mm. need so much gelatin that if you're trying to pour that in to the hot liquid and sift a little bit at a time your arm will get tired so i like to show people how to sprinkle a little bit on over the surface of the liquid let it soften and then turn the heat on and let it completely dissolve through and it'll just take no time at all and that's all you need so if you're making a basic juice gummy you could say use orange juice and gelatin powder and that's it and because the orange is sweet you don't have to add honey if you don't want to but you can if you want it sweeter. If you're using a really bitter juice, you might want to add some natural sweetener. But you really only need the two ingredients to make gummies. It's just the quantities, the, the proportion of gelatin to liquid. And to make it more like jelly, you know, remember the aeroplane jelly we used to get mm, in the packets yeah. from the shop? Yeah, to make a healthy version of that, you're just using less gelatin powder and it won't firm up as much when it, when it cools. And then to get them to firm up, they just need to go in the fridge. Like your bone broth firms up in the fridge, the gelatin needs to have a minimum temperature to firm up. And that's it. That's it. Two and, ingredients. And you and can make healthy lollies. That, that's the best, isn't it? And the great thing about this is there's so much fun because mm. you can do, you know, you can do all sorts of different fruits. So you can have different flavors, different colors. Textures. You can, yeah, you can go to the, uh, you know, you can go to your local just Kmart or wherever. You can get all sorts of different shapes and molds and, you know, even yes. just your local $2 shop. And you yep. get all sorts of different shapes and molds and, you know, you can make it so much fun. And, and it's a great way to get really get your kids involved in doing something a bit healthier because 
because you know they can go and they can choose the fruits that they want to use to make these. You know, they can choose what color they want them to be. They can choose what shape they want them to be. You know, they can really get involved in the whole process because it's so simple, mm-hmm. and just make it a really fun exercise. So it's a great one when you're wanting to get your kids involved and get them eating some more stuff. Um, there's just so many options for what you can do and how much fun you can have with it, aren't there? Oh, definitely. And uh, the first experience I had with the gummies was at one of our meetups, uh, a picnic. One of the members brought along some lollies, just cut into cubes, and they had two colours. It was like a layered effect. Mm. And I ate them and I thought they were delicious. I think they were just black currant or something like that. And I thought, oh, wow, she's done this two-layered effect. I'm going to go home and try that. And I, I thought she must have used coconut milk as mm. one layer and juice as another layer. So I attempted that, but I didn't let the one layer set properly before I poured the other layer on warm and it all just mixed together. And we were speaking on the phone a couple of weeks later and I said, I've been trying to make your lollies. What did you do? And she said, Amy, all I did was blend the juice. Once the gelatin was, was dissolved into the juice and still warm, I just popped it in the blender so mm. it all dissolved <laughs> really well and combined. And then because gelatin is sticky it actually makes your liquid frothy when you put it in the blender and you get a lighter layer from a really dark juice so you pop that in the fridge and you've got this froth on top which is sort of white almost white and then your juice color sits to the bottom and it it sets like that and you end up having this two-toned effect which you didn't really mean to do and it's just crazy and I thought oh no wonder I couldn't get it right but you can if you have some patience you can get really cool layers happening without doing that but just with one ingredient, you can have literally two colours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've actually done that before, just accidentally. I think I think I was yeah. doing it in the thermomix, and I whizzed it up a bit too much, yeah. and it got a little so bit cool. bubbly and frothy yeah. and white. And so, uh, yeah, I ended up with some that weren't supposed to have a white layer that did have a white layer. But that was kind of fun too. Yeah, it is fun. Yeah. So, so I tried to make these marshmallows for camping, and mm-hmm. uh, and I didn't I didn't follow your instructions properly. <laughs> I didn't have a candy thermometer. I, th- I thought it kind of looked the same as my meat thermometer, so I thought maybe I could just use that instead. And it wasn't until I sort of got halfway into the process that I realized that it just wasn't going to cut it because it was totally different temperatures. Yeah, yeah. Everyone knows I'm a bit naive when it comes to some of this cooking stuff. So um, so I failed. Uh, ours were terrible. In fact, you know what, just to let everyone know, we actually ended up going and buying marshmallows from the shops <laughs> so because, you because I just wanted to have some marshmallows. So, you know... I'm not perfect all the time either and sometimes I do make exceptions mm-hmm. and that was one of that we only had a couple honestly I, I could not be- I put yeah, one they of those make marshmallows you really into quick. my mouth yeah, so sweet yeah, I and have, I could but, not yeah. believe how sweet they were I was just blown away I was like oh my god I would have eaten a packet of these without even thinking mm-hmm. when I was a kid and I seriously had two of them and I was like no nah, I'm done I can't have any more of those yeah, <laughs> they're just they're crazy there's a big difference just there's sugar. so much more in there it's, yeah. there's other ingredients as well that just don't usually sit right with yeah. you when you've had so long without them no, um, I love making marshmallows it's it's the trickiest recipe out of all because because it's a candy it's technically a candy there's a lot of steps to it and there's a lot of time involved not so much for you Thermomix owners but for me someone like me he still uses a hand mixer um, I'm proud of my hand mixer by the way <laughs> people are going to try and get me onto the Thermomix but I, I, we've got to get a boat before we get a Thermomix apparently um, but it's <laughs> most time consuming of all the recipes but it's so worth it in the end because you get this light fluffy marshmallow and anytime I've given tasters out to people that aren't necessarily paleo yet they 
can't believe there's no dairy or gluten in them. Like every time. Are you sure there's no dairy in this? Are you positive? I, say, I promise there is nothing else but gelatin, water, and sugar. That is it. Just honey. I use honey. So they just come out amazing. And to make them fire toasting friendly, you just need to leave them out on the cupboard for about three days or more. And they sort of dry, they start to dry out. And to eat them then, they taste rubbery. But they toast much better on a fire, whereas if you had a fresh marshmallow, it will just melt <laughs> straight yeah. away. Yeah. So, so the, yeah. I didn't get the experience of having these over the fire, so tell me, like, do they catch... You know how the marshmallows, they kind of catch on fire? And they in, do. Oh, do they do that? Not as much. Not as much. A little bit. If you really dried them out, they are more likely to, um, but they still sizzle really well and... Um, yeah, they, they taste amazing, that, that that burnt sort of flavor at one end and the rest is melting. Uh, it's delicious. It's, uh, yeah, I'm, they, def- I'm... they don't light as well as normal marshmallows, okay. I think, because the chemicals aren't lighting. There's <laughs> no chemicals in them. And do but... they kinda, are they risk of melting? I always kind of imagine they might be a risk of like melting and falling into the fire, which would be They will eventually, but you can, it, you've got plenty of time. If they're dried out and really rubbery, then they're really only good for toasting and not eating. Yeah. You'll know. If you eat a rubbery one, you just yuck. But if you toast it on the fire, it's so much better. And um, for the last year's ca- uh, paleo camping retreat that we that we did, I made two big batches um, at the start of the week to have ready for our campers and they were so rubbery and then our retreat was postponed because of flooding in the area and I had two bags of marshmallows that had to be toasted because I couldn't do anything else with them. What a great excuse to have a campfire. That's fantastic. We had a brazier out the back, luckily, and just sat every night stuffing our faces. I'm like, you can't waste these. There's two bags of marshmallows that have to be eaten. Fantastic. It was enjoyable. Yum. Well, I'm looking at your ebook right now. I'm looking at the pictures of those marshmallows, and they do look just absolutely delicious. So I'm definitely going to have to uh, go get myself a candy thermometer and try again and do it properly because yes. they look absolutely delicious, and I'm, I'm just going to have to give it a go. So. Yes. What else can we do? What else can we do with gelatin? And give us some other ideas. I'm, I'm looking mm. at panna cotta here, which I don't even really know what panna cotta is, but it kind of looks like chocolate mousse, which I'm it, kind of it is. I, to I don't think I've ever eaten a non-paleo panna cotta, but panna cotta um, was one of the first recipes I tried with gelatin. I, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever eaten a dairy one before, but a paleo version is based on coconut milk or another non-dairy milk and using gelatin. No water at all because it will become jelly um, and just some sort of sweetener or, or flavoring. So I think the first recipe I ever saw for panna cotta was for lemon and coconut, but I didn't have lemons. I had cocoa in the cupboard and oranges. So I thought, I'll make Jaffa because I can. And it was amazing. And I, ever since then, that's been my go-to dessert for workshops and people coming i'm making panna cotta for tonight actually (laughs) uh it's just such an easy easy recipe but instead of it being you know jelly and lollies is one thing but a lot of adults don't always want jelly and lollies it's more of that's more of a kid's thing i guess um so to have a dessert that is more adult friendly and can be more decadent which you can put in beautiful little cups to serve and garnish really beautifully 
that suits adults and parties, dinner parties. It's it's nice to have that option and it's just so quick and easy uh, and takes very little gelatin. Actually, a lot less gelatin goes into panna cottas because you want that really soft wobble. Um, but there's a couple of key steps like not boiling the liquid too long. You can't let it actually get to a boil, otherwise it changes the texture. So um, my recipe has really easy step-by-step so you, you don't muck it up because I've made all the mistakes and I don't want people to make them and waste their gelatin if they can avoid it so nice. I try and let you know what not to do so you don't do it um, but it's good to make some mistakes so you know the differences as well with how it turns out otherwise you just don't know um, but gel- yeah panna cotta is probably my favourite um, and, and one of the things you mentioned then was uh, cocoa and cocoa, I know you talk yeah. about this in your uh, in your ebook is cocoa versus cacao yeah uh, I tell us yeah, a little I bit used- about that I used to have cacao every day. It was when I first got into more natural health, cacao was obvious. It was classed as superfood and everyone was having it in their smoothies and it was a thing to have high in all the antioxidants and magnesium. Um, so I was living off that and, and Clint was loving having like a hot cacao every day just with hot water and a bit of stevia or honey in it and that was kind of our thing. And when I got my eating plan, I noticed on there there was nothing like that and I said, oh, what about chocolate can I have cacao still every day and and my practitioner said well your body's a little bit stressed well it's very stressed Um, you're probably best off avoiding it because it's so high in so many things it's quite hard for the body to deal with if it's already stressed out and trying to heal and I had never heard that point of view before and I tend to not try and just believe what I hear even from someone I trust without doing a bit of research and and making up my own mind about things. So I went home and started researching and found I had to dig but I did find a lot of evidence in that direction and I thought that made sense to me. I need to eat foods that are going to be more easily processed in my body than stressing it out more when I'm trying so hard to heal. So I switched to cocoa. He said, just just go cocoa if you really – like a lot of the processing's already been done. You're still left with some goodness, but your body doesn't have to work as hard. So if you want to enjoy something chocolatey, you're probably better off going cocoa. And I thought, okay, I'm happy to do that. And it was cheaper. <laughs> and I buy organic. I only ever buy organic. And I use Organic Times brand, which is the most – delicious, rich, chocolatey cocoa I have ever tried and I love it. And if you're cooking a dessert like a panna cotta with chocolate in it, you're ruining the goodness of the cacao anyway if you're getting it to a certain temperature. So I kind of think it's not going to hurt some people to use cocoa instead of cacao, especially if they're cooking something down. And the flavor is much nicer. I can't have cacao now. It just tastes awfully bitter to me. I don't enjoy it. I really love the richness of of cocoa, but I I don't tell people that this is for everyone. People need to make up their own minds. A lot of people are very emotionally attached to having their superfoods every day and, and what they mean for them. So... It's just another perspective for people to consider, uh, and I'm happy doing that. So, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, and it's one I haven't heard before, and yeah. I love my cacao, so I, yeah. I kind of <laughs> like the bitterness, actually. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's a, a little bit different, food. aren't they? Yeah, um, yeah. It, we're out of time, Amy. Uh, it's been great chatting to you. I think you've got lots of people thinking about gelatin. I think you've got lots of people salivating about some of these amazing desserts. <laughs> so if people want to find out more, obviously they can go to your website, which is primalinfluence.com. Um, yes. I'm assuming they can find, they can purchase the uh, the gelatin, Sweet Goodness with Gelatin is the name of the ebook. They can purchase that there, can't they? Yes, on the products page. Do you know how much it is off the top of your head, Amy? Uh, it is only a couple of dollars, <laughs> like $4. It's Bargain. not much. 
Bargain. <laughs> get it yourself that book. You're going to want it for four bucks. Oh, yeah. oh, marshmallows. What more do I need to say? Yeah. Um, so you, you can also find uh, Clint and Amy on social media. They're on Facebook as Primal Influence, Instagram, Snapchat, and Twitter, all as Primal Influence. So head out, check them out. They're always up to great stuff. You always see lots of good adventures and fun and fishing and fires and all those sort of good things that we love to see in the paleo community. So... Keep up the good work, Amy. Keep up the good work, Clint, wherever you are. And um, we'll chat to you guys again soon. Thank you. Thank you. So until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com. And let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.